Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to another great episode of Free Me Podcast. You know, today I'm amped up. I'm sure you already know today's the day I get to interview the great Penny Pierce. Um, for those of you who do not know who Penny Pierce is, I implore you to go to her website, which is pennypierce.com. Um, just do a, a overview of her so you can get in a general idea of her accomplishments in life and who she is. So as we get into this, this discussion that we, we have, you can truly understand what she's saying and why she's saying what she's saying. Um, it's a very tumultuous time, so this is an episode that I feel is, is greatly needed for the world to hear. Uh, we talk about a lot of a lot of things that are going on in the world today and how to handle these issues within us and just understanding that we are the creator of these issues you know so we just have to reel in all of our emotions all of our feelings um, centralize them harness them and use them for good and miss penny breaks it down in the marvelous way that she does on on how to do that so I don't want to take up too much of your time because I know the world is waiting for these words. So I do want to say, as always, thank you for, for all of you guys' support. For those of you listening, you know, around the world and the countries where you're at, I hope that you're safe. You know, your bellies are full, as I, as I like to say, and you can sit down and really listen to a great inspirational episode that that hopefully can can motivate the world to change. So um, I've said enough already. I know you guys are excited. I'm excited. So I'm going to get right into it. Uh, please subscribe, like, um, go to my website, www.cominghomecoalition. Check me out. Check what I do. And anything uh, that you guys want to help with as far as previous guests, there are links there for a GoFundMe that you can you can connect with and support there um, you can support me in many ways all of that is is in my my site so you can join the discussion at any time by messaging me um, leaving a voice message here on on anchor.fm and uh yeah we'll discuss on on the show if you have any comments about this show that you're getting ready to listen to uh feel free to make and 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 we can discuss and we can break this down because it's all about education. So that's it. I'm going to shut up now and we can go. Good. All set. Sorry, I'm with Mrs. Penny Pierce, this is Free Me Podcast, um, and wow, let me tell you, it's, it's, it's really amazing for me to, to be in front of you and, and speaking to you right now. I'm sure you hear that a lot. No, um, not that much. <laughs> <laughs> not that much. Well, I beg to differ, but you know... The inspiration to you, just just briefly, for me, um, I was going through a very tumultuous time in my life. I was in a very, very dark place. Um, 
and I knew I wanted change. And I didn't know how to make that change, you know? And I was looking everywhere and it, it just, it just, it was just me one day, you know, it was me that just decided to like, I have to be honest with myself, you know, I've been running from myself all of my life. And, and I knew what I was deep down. I think we all know who we really are deep down, you know, and it was just, uh, I was denying these things. Well, you know, the, the, the power of early, early pain in the life and, and the confusion that comes with, you know, being around people who are also scared and in fear and not loving, not letting their love come through. I mean, that's a huge thing. It's not like you were running from yourself. I think it's more like we run from that experience of the contraction and fear that we, we knew wasn't really real or wasn't right, but there it was. And it's like, we get into this kind of mental consternation, you know, it's like, what, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and it takes a while to let that settle so that you, the, the rest of you can start to show up a bit and then you can choose that instead, you know, and actually have a choice. Because for a long time, I think early in life, we just want to stuff that stuff down or want to get rid of it or deflect it or, you know, get mad and get rid of it or project it onto somebody else or, you know, whatever. We have so many, the ego has many ways of avoiding this, you know. And, and, and that's a premise of, of really what my show is, is just to educate not only myself, but others that are in the same position as me you know, that we are the cause of that to our children, you know, and we teach our children these mannerisms because this is what we display and this is what we were taught, you know, and it's just, it's just a vicious cycle that somewhere the education has to come in of self to know that I have to break this cycle somewhere, you know, and, and that was exactly right with you is that me growing up, I was taught to suppress everything I was taught that it wasn't okay to express emotions and feelings and that carried on into my life now to where um, I'm not a very empathetic person, you know, um, I can be and, and, and I can display an, an a great amount of emotion for, for natural things, for life itself. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to other people's emotions, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not very empathetic. Well, I think that kind of thing has to start with um, understanding vulnerability. Um, that every, you know, you know your own vulnerability. And then when you look at somebody else and you see their fear or their negative actions, and if you can feel through that and go down under the presenting conditions, and I had to learn this too, is just to see what, what, what what's causing their fear where are they do they feel so vulnerable that they feel they have to protect themselves but you know actually vulnerability it's kind of a universal binding agent (laughs) you know and i think that in a way it's like the doorway to the soul you know if you allow yourself to just feel what vulnerability actually is you know you um, you go down into a level of um, simplicity, I want to mm-hmm. say, in, in the self about um, 
I think when I go to do it right now and I feel into that, it feels like um, it's a raw place. It's like, it's almost like it has a shaky vibration to it. It's, it's, it's um, very alive. It's like you're looking at a Petri dish through a microscope and you're seeing all the little things in there wiggling, you know, and it's like, that's where you feel energetically because it's very alive. And it's like energy that wants to, no, I'm just feeling it right now. It's like energy that really wants to get out and flow, but something in the mind has said, no, you can't. And so it pulls it back in, but it wants out, but you pull it back in. And then you get this sort of, um, I guess you would call it anxiety or something. It's kind of like an out in, out in, you know, you know, and it starts vibrating and it doesn't feel comfortable, you know? So we want to try to get away from that, that vibratory level because it, it really is a frustration place. Do you know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. I want out, but my mind and all those things I've experienced tells me I'm not allowed to come out. You know? Well, you know, I, I you know, I, I study a lot of nature because I know that we come from nature and, and I, and I understood at a young age that nature is the, the base level, the, the element of what life really is. What nature is, is life without thought. It's instinctual. And, and, I, and I understood that at a young age that, you know, that this is how we act on an instinctual level. You just become aware of the environment that you're in, whatever the environment is, depending on whatever animal you are, you're so in tune with your environment because survival depends on it, you know, and you grow instincts on these survival instincts to this environment and every living creature does that because at the core essence of our body is about survival that's the number one essence of of everything is to survive you know and what separates us humans from that is thought and it's just like you say we have this instinctual carnal rage to 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 produce in life, but thought comes in and interjects on that. And then you start doubting yourself because of uh, uh, these, these uh, experiences that you've had mm-hmm. from the mental aspect of it that has, you know, and, and this is why I'm bringing you in today to explain how we overcome that, you know, how, mm-hmm. when I'm, when I'm in the, in the position that I'm in today, like, what's going on in my life in this moment is so chaotic, you know, and I'm sitting down here with you having this interview. And it's like, how do I resonate a high amount of vibrations to remain in a state of producing positivity? Well, I kind of get the feeling that, you know, if we just suspend a lot of the monitoring thoughts you know that's the left brain that's all left brain is always making rules and locking things down with definitions and meanings and then belief systems and you know um explanations of life that we think this is the way it is you know and then that becomes uh, like almost a blockage because anything that gets locked down and defined too much energy can't flow through so i think that as soon as you suspend and holding those or adhering to those or identifying with those kinds of thoughts and just be, 
what will happen is you shift out of your left brain into the right brain, which is the opening to all that is. It's, it's really that kind of knowing. It's direct knowing of the unified field, of the imaginal realm, of everything. It's all there at once. And it's hard to have a sense of what you know, because that would take it back into the left brain to categorize it. So you have a direct experience of becoming one with all knowledge or one with, like you said, nature. It's a perfect way to start to learn this because when you go out in nature, you can start to feel that you're, you have a field of energy that's connected with the field of energy of the tree and of the squirrel and the birds and like, and that there's this one big reality that we're all flowing in, do you know, and, and, and one thing causes another thing to move. The wind causes the leaves to move and the, you know, like everything's connected. And if you stay and commune with that, you know, you start to get very, very close to spiritual truth, right? Um, but I'm going off on a tangent here, but I think that... No, you're, uh, you're, you're beautiful. Uh, <laughs> but um, it's the culprit is the left brain part, and we call that the mind, but really the mind is so much bigger. It includes both analytical and intuitive knowing or you know and the right brain is our intuitive self and and the body and the right brain are very connected and the body and the right brain and the heart are very connected and then that's connected with the field of energy around you and that energy is conscious when you start meditating and you go in and you start to feel energy do you know if you raise your energy you also raise your consciousness and if you and when you lower energy, it doesn't mean uh, or raise energy. It doesn't mean you have to go fast. It's more like smooth, you know, like peace um, or uh, a sense of of love and communion. And then it gets very refined and very pure. That's high frequency energy, where um, everything just permeates everything, and you have that direct knowing of things. And, um, but when you try too hard, it, it actually makes you more frenetic and then your energy gets down, goes down and you Mm -hmm. go into fear. So anytime we are operating from fear, the frequency of the body and the consciousness and the emotions and everything is lower. And then your reality matches that. And you start to get similar stuff happening to you because and here's another spiritual principle, I guess, is that there is no outside world. You know, this is sort of a a thing that I think a lot of us are starting to grapple with is that, you know, if I meditate and I feel into my body and then I can feel that energy going out through my skin and then it's around me in my aura and then it goes further and further out, like, where do I end? I don't. If I can keep including and including and including and including more of life into my ball, you know, I could be the universe if I would get quiet long enough to expand, or I can shrink down and be a person sitting here talking, right? And we do that all the time, especially at night. We dream, we go out and zoom out, you know, with a zoom lens, you know, we open up. Um, So... I guess what I started saying (laughs) was um, that if you can suspend those 
those finite fixed ideas from the left brain, uh, your explanation to yourself and just be, it opens you up to this bigger reality, which is the spiritual non-physical realms of energy and consciousness. You know, they always say, we think we have a soul, but really the spirit has a body. You know, mm-hmm. it's, <laughs> we are the soul. We're not just a brain. We're not just a body. We're so connected to great amounts of wisdom and love and abundance. And it's all there. And that's what we are. That's what we live in all the time as souls. Mm. And we're just trying, I think, to match that experience with the physical experience. We're trying to see that spirit is also inside matter. It's in our body. It's in our cells. It's underneath form. It gives rise to form, you know? So, yeah, so to touch on that a little bit, because I know there's a lot of mixed opinions on on what the soul and spirit is. Some think that it's the same, some, you know, and and I, I agree with you. There's, there's, you know, it's, 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 it's two different parts that work together to coincide to make one. Right. It's like spirit to me anyway. I mean, everybody has their understanding, but to me, spirit is a realm mm. of consciousness, um, higher dimensions or whatever you want to call it, where it's like time and space dissolves and there's just this one space, uh, you know, one experience. And it is governed by uh, a sense of belonging and mutual inclusion. Like I include you and you include me and we include the trees and the trees include us and everything is part of each other, you know, and that is, you have to really expand your mind to start to to try to feel it. Do you know? Um, What, what, what resonated with me, like when I came in contact with your book, Right. I had already seen the secret. The secret is what opened my 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 mind to exactly what it is that you're talking about. When I watched the secret and I had to be drugged to to watch this, like I I didn't even want to go watch this, you know, but um, life as it may made it happen for me to go watch this, forced me to go watch this, this show. So after that, it put everything together for me that has been happening all my life that I could not explain that I just wrote off as circumstance, you know? And um, when that happened, things just started coming to me, uh, just manifesting to me, you know, uh, like here, here's a book that you need to read. It would just be in front of me and my eyes would go to it and I would be instantly drawn to this book. And this is how I came across frequency. Mm-hmm. I never heard of the book. They didn't know yeah. who you were, knew nothing about this. I just knew when I saw it, it was this, the cover yeah, and the title, Frequency, right? And then yeah. I read The Power of Personal Vibration. Now, the reason why that was that, 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 draw, that drew to me, because as a people watcher, I started noticing that we are projectors. This is how I've always described it. We are like an eight millimeter camera and our film that is inside of us projects around us. So if our film is a negative film, let's just say, we're going to project negativity around us mm-hmm. in everything that we do, how we, how we address our home. You know, it'll be a dark home, clutter, 
you know, uh, uh, messy, untied, you know, just things of that yep. nature. But, yep. but when you're projecting positivity, right? Yeah. Everything around you, your, your curtains are open. There's light in the house. It's clean. It's, you know, your feng shui, right. you yeah. know, or whatever. And then what I started noticing is that when, when you're down, you're, you're slow. You don't have any energy, right? You, you can't, you can't, you know, you don't want to, you're lethargic. You don't want to do anything. You don't want to shave. You don't want to. And the <laughs> deeper down you go, the less energy you have. Right. And, but yet on the flip side, the, the more positive you are, you're, you're bouncing off the walls. Yeah. Or you're very focused and channeled into uh, some creative f- flow, which is usually what happens. I think the more, the more your, your frequency rises and you, you do get clear, really, you're not so att- attuning yourself to fear anymore, basically, you know, and and I think you're looking at your engagement with the moment with like any moment that you're in, you don't protest about it. You're like, well, this is information. It's data, you know, so there's something interesting here. And that's a positive attitude because like, what am I trying to tell myself? Oh, this is interesting. Let me see what's going on. And I always call it, you know, you're, you're noticing what you notice mm-hmm. by becoming conscious. You have this, this, function within our own consciousness that helps us notice things like you with the book, you know, or whatever. Suddenly you got clear. Now you're noticing things are showing up. Yes, they're showing up and you're noticing them. Um, And, and that's so important because we are coordinating ourselves with what occurs in our field, you know, and. uh, As the wind does with leaves. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so I think that um, part of this this higher frequency is one is clarity, and then there's a sense of engaging with the moment, which also causes you then to be very fascinated with creativity. Mm. And I think that's why we even come to Earth anyway as spirit souls, you know, to engage in this experiment of time, space, and matter, and how do you create an idea turning into form, woo, you know, or how do you dis, you know, dematerialize a form back into energy through your mind, through attention, you know, and this is so cool, Uh, but we get stuck in feeling separate in this world and then we get fear and then we get blocked, you know, so we have to like reverse that and stop feeling so separate. Then I think that happens by not, having an outside world I keep saying that but we always think of here's me I'm my body and outside of me is all this stuff I see out there and it's so big the world is so big and so powerful and and evil and bad and it can hurt me and I have to defend myself against it put up shields whatever people do Um, and try to make it work and and use control and domination or else I'll just be a victim and not do anything and, and these are behaviors that come from the very belief that we have an outside world, like a line around ourselves. That's the core separation that we unconsciously believe in. Hmm. If you take that line away, no boundaries, then your consciousness starts to expand out beyond the ball, the little line where you drew it. And that was your world that you were allowing to be. If you take the line away, 
wow, yeah, it's a big world out there. There's all kinds of fun stuff to do. You know, look, I could be like this and I could have this knowledge and I could create this. And I understand these people because now they're part of me. They're not over there as enemies polarized against me. I must have had some of that in me too at some point. I understand it, Mm -hmm. right? And then you start having that, what we started talking about originally was understanding vulnerability. And once you do that, then you understand that everybody is a soul and they are connected at a love level where they have not lost any knowledge. They are all wise. I don't really think souls have to evolve. I think the mind has to evolve back to to the home place, you know, that that souls are fine. They're already evolving all together as a one group. But as I said before, spirit is the realm that souls exist in. It's the environment, right? So I guess like what resonated, and and, and I'm on everything that you're saying. And I guess what resonated with me, like what gave me that connection again was Hollywood and it was that it was the movie uh Avatar yeah Mm -hmm. right and when I watched Avatar and I and I understood that how he was connected to everything everything in his environment and everything understood one another and they communicated with one another. Exactly. And, and it all had just a universal love and respect for, for each other because every everything knew its place, you know? Yes. And, and, and to me, I, and I always say, like, this is how life is supposed to be in my theory. Right. You know? It's how it actually is in the non-physical realms. It's how it actually is. And, and, and I can understand that. And, and my theory of life is, is that like this plane of existence. And again, I've, I've this, this theory of my life came from your knowledge and, 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 and sharing with me, you know, through this book is that this plane of existence, this physical plane is where, you know, the, the souls now as you as educated, because I used to say the spirit, but now the soul comes here to experience love in a physical form. Right. We, because this is the only plane of existence that the soul can come and use the five senses that were gifted to right. us to experience the physicality of what love really is because mm-hmm. we, we, we gain the knowledge from that. Yes, yes. And you know, if the more you open to the spiritual reality the internal reality, the non-physical part of ourselves, the more you realize that you just are love, you know, that you're made out of it and you don't really need any more, you know, you, you don't need to, you know, you just want to play in it, <laughs> you know, yeah, that uh, we have plenty, you know, I don't need to get any, but I would love to share it and play with other people in it, you know, and when you see then people who feel like they don't have any love, it's like the biggest lie, you know, like, oh, please wake up, you know, let's play, you know, please stop holding yourself in that place where you feel unloved and unlovable and uh, mean and, you know, take on the negative self-image, you know, like it's such a lie, you know, and, and, um, you know, I get, I don't know, I guess that's, 
probably what the angels think about us. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, people, come on, let's get with it. Let's get with the program, you know, but. Um, but, but, but that's, that, that's a, a great segue into kind of what the discussion is, is going to evolve around mm-hmm. is, is that that's exactly it. I mean, when, when, when we're coming up, you know, first off, do you, do you think that people are just born evil or, or it's just environmental that makes us uh, kill at eight years old, nine years old, our parents or uh, yeah. eight people or, or, you know, just, you know, Great pedophilia. These, right, you know. right. No, I think it's always, um, you have to understand there's always an inner energy blueprint for anything in the physical world. Like we said, spirit or souls have bodies. Bodies don't have souls, right? Mm-hmm. We coalesce our body out of an inner energy blueprint pattern that is made up of, of old beliefs and emotional wounds and um, enlightenments that we've had in the past and so forth. It's some mixture of love and fear that allows us to, to create the body that we have and the personality that we have. It's a pattern. Mm-hmm. that causes our physical body to be shaped and do and our even our motives and desires to be what they are they come from that pattern well that pattern comes from um a collection of previous lifetimes of well you were wounded you got murdered you you know had some awful terrible thing happen to you that you contracted and froze up and you never exhaled again and so it, there's a holding pattern in the inner energy blueprint that is about fear and then vengeance, perhaps, or like, what am I going to do to not have to feel that fear? Well, I'm going to attack other people and then they'll see what, it, you know, it's like revenge, <laughs> you know, and, and, and that kind of thing comes up as a, a response to the avoidance of feeling fear, right? That's the key thing, the avoidance of feeling fear creates all these methodologies that we come up with that gets us, you know, in a life of crime and put in jail and, you know, and negative self-worth and all that. Um, So children, you know, souls are born. And even at a very young age, if they've had a huge amount of fear and violence and whatever in their previous lives, that will be the pattern of their energy body. And then that starts showing up in the mind as thoughts immediately. And that will trigger those kind of behaviors because they are not um, really connected. They're disconnected through the amount of fear that they have had. They're disconnected from the spiritual realm. So let's break this down now for for my average listener so Mm -hmm. they can understand exactly what that means, you know, because... We're, we're now we're talking about reincarnation and and you know right. souls you know traveling through so mm-hmm. how can past lives right uh past traumas um carry on into a whole nother human being right uh well first of all i have to say i absolutely do believe in past lives and other lives even parallel lives i think it's it's all my experience shows me that that is absolutely true. And I have found out a number of my own past lives. And for instance, in my last life uh, um, as a woman, 
I died of tuberculosis at like age 50. And um, I was born in this life with severe lung problems. Mm. It took me until I was like 14 or 15 to grow out of having chronic bronchitis and pneumonia constantly as a child. So yeah, it, lung stuff killed me in the previous life, but it was a, like a residue in the emotional body. And it came back in and I worked through it, but it's a, at a much less, lesser level that I could actually clear it, right? And that's partly what we do. That's, that's karma, you know, and that is the healing of those old, their wounds, but really their misunderstandings of the way natural laws actually work and how loving and beneficial they are. When you miss the mark, quote, you sin. That means you just misunderstood something. You didn't get the whole picture and you got stuck in a partial understanding of how life works, you know, and then that's ignorance, right? Um, and, and so if you have had, you know, like for instance, let's say in a past life, you're a monk and you're doing all this spiritual work and you get invaded by warring forces, which often did go into monasteries and kill all the monks. That mm-hmm. was part of what happened in the life. world, you know? And, um, and then you say, well, look, I was serving God. What's the matter? You know? And then that part of the mind does this, right? Especially as the looming death comes in, you're going, this is not right. <laughs> right. Protest. Uh, and then you carry that with you over into the non-physical realm as you die. And then you're stuck with it. You have to come back in again. You get clear your karma only in the physical world. It doesn't clear in the non-physical. Why? I don't know, but it needs a physical flowing in order to work itself out and be cleared out of the energy body, the so, emotional body. So sort of through a conscious cleansing. Yes, exactly. Conscious cleansing. Yeah. And um, so so let's say you had that happen. Then you come back in for another lifetime and that unfairness is still there. And then you start to use that unfairness thought to, oh, you know, uh, think, well, I deserve more. I shouldn't have to have had this happen to me. So I'll, I'm going to rob a bank (laughs) or whatever, you know, and, and so then you exacerbate or complicate the original wound and misunderstanding by doing something else that adds to it, but in another way. And then that builds, and then that gets so strong that then it, you know, gets you really messed up and then you become the murderer. Mm. All right. Well, hopefully at some point, the people who killed you and you who killed someone else will get it that it's not a good thing to do, even though the soul doesn't care because it's eternal. It comes and goes. But the contractions of the wounds stay until you get the understanding. Oh, I see. Yeah, this is just something that happens. Yeah, <laughs> right. I get it. Um, and it's like with you, there's a certain point for everybody where it just dawns, literally, light dawns on us. Oh, I create my reality. Yeah, I, I can feel good if I want to. I don't have to feel bad. I, I don't have to relate to all that past stuff. I can let it go. And instead, I can feel my home frequency, you know, like the way I like to feel my preferred state. I want to feel good. And nobody can make me feel bad unless I let them. 
And that's where you take responsibility really for your life. And it's, and then you, like you said, you just start noticing things, things you need start showing up. People say something, you hear it, you hear a song lyric, you see a movie, you go, aha, you know, and these things start rolling in. And you, it's almost like we start remembering. Oh, right. This is how it works. That was not how it works. This is how it works. And then you validate that and then you see it demonstrated and then it builds up more clarity in your inner energy blueprint or your emotional body, right? And then you're, you're dissolving out the fears and the old um, resentments or frustrations. And you say, ah, that's just, that's old. That wasn't even my idea. That was my mother's idea that I inherited or whatever, you know, my dad's pattern. I don't have to have that. And you will start on a path of clearing yourself of these things that really are in the way of you feeling the way you want to feel. And it's, it takes years, something, you know, because I've been in it for a long time of getting through these places where I am um, caught in misperceptions. I hope that makes sense. No, no, yeah. makes sense. Makes, uh, I, I know I mean, it's it makes, funny. I'm talking kind of abstractly with you today. I don't usually do that, but you were drawing this out of me. So, well, I, I, and I love that. And, and maybe that's, maybe that's my, my forte, I guess, you know, uh, I, I just always have noticed life around me. And I've always noticed one thing about me. And again, this was one of, this was one of the key things that I could hold on to in my moment of despair when I was looking for something good about me and I had nothing good to 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 say it came down to just one thing and I just care about humanity and I care about life and I want to produce good that was that was my building foundation after I tore myself down that was my slab and I knew that that's what it was yeah and from that point, I just started noticing, you know, that even even the 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 most ostracized society that I was around in that in those moments, and and the, and and these human beings knew that they were ostracized and and they had no hope in life, you know, there was still at the end of the day a instinctual to be just a good human being. Right. You know, and that taught me that, like, we're not we're not evil. I don't believe that we're just born evil. You know, we just we have a lot of issues and a lot of of emotions that we don't know how to deal with because we were just never taught. And how you explained about the soul coming in with with prior issues. I mean, for me, I don't know about my listeners, but that that just opened up a whole new level of understanding for me. So what happens if you have a soul who who is just a snowball going down a hill, just a reckless snowball? Because like you say, the soul doesn't care. It's eternal. So it's just a reckless snowball that's just out of control downhill. And then what would that produce? Well, Let me back up just a minute because to give you another little model here, because the soul is a, a, it's not a thing so much as it is a a consciousness. And when it, it 
comes into the physical world, it's really dropping its frequency. It's like slowing itself down, slowing down, slowing down, slowing down to be able to, to crystallize itself in the physical world as a personality and a body. Right. Okay. But in order through those slowing down levels, you go through first, like into the mental realm and in that realm there, that's where the, um, wounds are stuck you know these slower levels are the collecting levels of um, either the positive or the negative experiences that we've all had over time so there's some ideas in the mental realm that are really negative and frustrating and 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 uh you know i guess we would call it evil because the lack of love is just evil you know it's 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 great levels of fear but also it's light. It's places where you've had insight, you've had enlightenment, you've had initiations maybe in past lives, or you've had clarity that comes to you. That's all there too. Sometimes I think about it like a sieve, you know, like those colanders <laughs> that, that, that there are holes in them and then there's solid places. Where the holes are is where you have love and light and you have clarity and insight. And that's where the soul pours through. The dark places are where you've had fear and, you know, negative experiences, and that blocks the light. All right. So the light comes through, let's say, the mental realm, and it goes into the next level, which might be the emotional realm. And there you have locked in experiences too, fear places. Um, oh, I'm never going to go over and down that dark alley, or, you know, I'm never going to get married again because look what happened last time. Uh, and And those things are also light and dark places. So the light filters through again, maybe a little less gets through. And then it comes through into the etheric body, which is the blueprint for the physical. And it clumps in areas where the dark part is and the energy doesn't get through. Well, that might create tumors in your body or an illness or disease or a tendency toward um, uh, paralysis or something, you know. Uh, so the more you clear in the physical world, uh, the fear places, it creates light. That light goes back up through the other bodies and it allows more of the soul to come all the way through. That's the process we're in. All right. And so a snowball, a soul isn't like a snowball rolling in. It is gentle and it is insistent and it comes through because it has a love of this world mm. and of other beings and of the whole experiment of being in the three-dimensional realm and having matter and and you know the whole deal here um, and it wants to create and it wants to play in the love that's the soul's motive mm. but by the time it gets watered down and <laughs> gets into actual form uh, there's a constellation of light and dark that comes along with it now um, some of that darkness could be like you're saying something that's going gung-ho toward a goal or um, it can be a zealous person you know like a religious zealot like you must have god only this way you know or uh, or the conspiracy theory people you know are saying well this is bad and look at what's happening you know people are eating children in hollywood and <laughs> stuff right. like that uh it's um 
there are just so many patterns of ignorance, <laughs> I guess is what I'm saying. And I don't blame anybody. It's but there everyone has their own moment where it can dawn on you like you had, like I had, where like, oh, wait, um, it's I can change this. Right. And, and that's that's where I'm at now. Like I, I'm at a point now, Miss Penny, that no matter what what I see anybody doing, it's like I understand I understand because at the end of the day, I understand that you are just trying to survive with the tools that you were given mm-hmm. to survive with, right? You know, and and there's there's just levels of egoism that you know yep. that that we go through, and it's it's just now I'm at a stage to where I feel love for this person, and I want to reach out and I want to help this person, right? You know. And then yes. the person usually just tells me to F off and, and slaps me or pun. No, I'm just kidding. Right. But, but you know what? Whenever you have a real moment with someone where there is love, and even if it's telepathic, even if it's not all verbalized, that real moment is something that is about a spiritual truth and it connects soul to soul. Those are like little candles that get lit and they never go out again. It's so important, I think, to practice having real moments with people, especially with children, mm-hmm. because they get it immediately and they recognize, oh, that that person understands me. Right. Uh, it's so important because then they have something to cling to, to remember what truth is. You know, they have to have an example of love in action, in form, and then they can always refer back to that moment and then build on it you know I, so I think that's so important um and what am I thinking here um there are moments then where when you start to question I think that's an, another important thing is you're questioning how how the reality works this way and if it's really right or not and uh, that could be the beginning of waking up you know that can be the beginning of starting to realize that oh it can be different so it's so important to question things I think (laughs) you know well I think that's where we're at today is there's not enough questioning going on you know and 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 I and I I learned and I'm still learning that you you said it perfectly that once you get to the point to where you're starting to question, that means that there's doubt about what it is that you're, you're involved in. Right. You know, but as soon as we sit here and we say to me, the most detrimental words that we can say to ourselves, which is, I know you automatically, you automatically shut yourself down from any further education coming in. Because you automatically, as soon as education comes to you, you automatically say, I know. And, 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 and you just shut down from it. Right. Yeah. I hadn't thought of that. That's interesting because I usually, I have a friend who is fairly awakened. But um, when I ask her something, so I don't know. 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 It, which I think is another block, right? It's like, um, if, you, if you think you know too much or you don't know anything... But in this moment, my sense of things is this, 
And in the next moment, it could change. You know, knowledge is evolving. You, you know, we, nothing stays static, mm-hmm. right? But I think people who are really um, in fear, especially and only in the physical realm and who only think about the survival of the physical life, getting enough money to pay the rent and feed the children, of course, that's important. But if you only live in that realm, then it, it limits you to the the methods for changing that, you know, then you look like you have to use willpower and cleverness or uh, dishonesty or whatever it is to change your circumstances. But if you start to realize there's a non-physical world, a non, an inner energy blueprint, and you can change that inner energy blueprint, and then your physical reality will just change like that. It just drops in in a different way. And suddenly circumstances change. It's effortless. Mm-hmm right? And it's so much more fun. (laughs) But we have to get these people to understand that there is a non-physical reality that is causing their physical reality. And, and, and I, and I use your example and, and, and I used it in a prior episode and it's, it's your example um, is, is to me, it's, it's, you can't argue against it. And again, that's the tuning fork, right? Right. So, so when yeah. you take, when you take a tuning fork, because this is what we're talking about, we're talking about vibrations, mm-hmm. right? And when you take a tuning fork and you flick it, at the fastest point of that vibration, it's invisible. You don't see it. You can't see it. True. It's only on point A and point B where where it it starts to the pendulum starts to slow down. Does it start to become visible to your eyes? And this is what you explain when it comes to vibrations is that the higher your vibration, you become naked to the, to, to the eye just because our minds can't conceptualize a vibration that high. Yeah. And if you don't believe in spirits, then you don't believe in the tuning fork. I mean, that's, that's just yeah. how I, I look at it. You know? Yeah. And, and I think we all have like, you know, our home frequency. That's the, to me, that's the vibration of our soul in our personality body. And um, when you're, when you're in that state, it's a state of being, you feel so good. It's so comfortable and right in tune with life and whatever comes to mind, you trust it and you act on it and it goes easily, you know, it's, it's great. Um, but that is a tone actually too. And you can imagine in your mind that you have a tuning fork that is of that tone and then you strike it ding, you know, (laughs) and it runs through your body and all the cells and then in the air and all around you in the field of energy. And you're aligning your tone with your reality and letting your reality actually then arise out of that tone. It's a simple way to center yourself, you know, uh, and you can always change the the frequency of your home frequency, you know, and raise it up a little, a little, a little, a little more mm-hmm. and more, uh, because we do evolve, and we do understand more and more all the time. So, so getting into this now, um, for those that don't know who you are, don't know what home frequency is, vibrations are. So let's let's break down a little bit now. What is home frequency? How do you stay in your home frequency? Mm-hmm. And then just share a little bit of who you are and and how you got into uh, this vibrational. World. Well, 
Yeah. Well, like I just said, the home frequency, like we all have, we all have our own vibration. Everything has a vibration, you know, trees, insects, everything. Um, but because of the way the world works and we're so oriented toward the outside world and survival, what happens often is that when you go around during your day and you meet other people or you enter different kinds of spaces, even you might enter a room that has fluorescent lights and then you go, Ooh, something in you contracts and you don't feel so good. You go into a room with really pretty low lighting and good ambiance and you go, ah, really nice. Or you meet a person who's a victim and really negative. And we have a, an unconscious tendency to frequency match other people mm. and other places because it's tribal. You know, we have to keep our tribe's vibration together in order to survive. And so if I match the frequencies with another person, maybe they won't attack me. You know, so we do that. But the problem is you might be in a good mood and you get around somebody who's complaining and really negative and you go down and you match them and then you leave and you feel awful. And you, it doesn't occur to you that, oh, I just matched somebody else's vibration that is not me. It's making me sacrifice myself to be less than I am. So, but we do it all the time anyway. I mean, that's the out when we go into the world, but we are not those other vibrations. Those are just things we do. We are our home frequency, which is the vibration of our soul. And that is a combination of our amount of love and fear that we can relate to now. So we get rid of the fear, our frequency goes up, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so the idea here is to constantly recenter into the home frequency and say, this is who I am. I am not all those other people, high, low. I don't have to be like them. I'm me. And I'm safe and I'm calm and I enjoy my own energy. And as you enjoy it, you get more of it, you know. So that's your home frequency. And it's an idea about really being centered and identifying properly with who you actually are, not with all the stuff around you. Okay, so that's that. And how I got going it's been a, a progression, I, I'd say, of um, reading a lot of books as a kid on mysteries and spiritual stuff and psychic development and all that kind of thing and psychology. And then I became a designer, uh, first uh, interior and architectural design and then graphic design. And I was a corporate art director for a while. And um, th that kind of thing is interesting because it's very artistic, but you're designing like logos for people where you have to feel, well, what does their company do or what is, what are they all about? And what typeface would, would reflect that quality? What mm -hmm. symbol would exemplify that thing? And that's very intuitive, you know? And so I did that for a while. I think I trained myself in intuition development. And then um, I found myself in a, an area of California where all this kind of consciousness stuff was happening. And I took classes in clairvoyance development, which I didn't even know you could do, you know, <laughs> it's like, didn't exist. Uh, and then I was really good at it. And once I started doing that, that took over, it was like nothing else was interesting anymore. And I just I talk about 
the snowball or whatever, you know, it's like, I just knew I was finally on, on track and I had gotten myself ready for this. And I started um, inhaling knowledge of, you know, esoteric things and everything, nutrition, I mean, everything you could think of and um, doing readings and teaching classes. And, and it was all on basically intuition development. And that was the early part of my work. Hmm. Um, and, and then I wrote the first book, The Intuitive Way, which is a course on intuition development. And that got me going into writing. Now there are 10 books. And, um, uh, but then I worked in Japan for on and off for like 20 years, which is like an amazing experience of understanding a different way of organizing reality where everything's connected. You don't, you don't, insult anyone or have them lose face because then everyone feels it because we're not, they're not separated. There's a different kind of ethics. That's, that's the, the, the Japanese way of life. Yes. Or Asian. Yeah. It's very different. Right. Yeah. So, so can you, can you go into detail a little bit of, of what that means and how a way of life like that is for those that has no idea over here? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, there it is like i said it's a very emotionally interconnected and energetically interconnected and they are highly sensitive to energy um, and so there is a kind of morality there that you sort of take care of the other person in a way and don't um, don't shame them because what if they get shamed then you do too and so do as everybody else that's around them because they can all feel it so um, and also you don't stand out like they have a, you know, the thing, the, uh, the nail that stands out gets pounded down. You know, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. like, um, the you, the wheel gets the oil, all, you know, right. No, it's the opposite of our reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like when they're making decisions, uh, for instance, we'd come out of a workshop and we're going to go to dinner. Where do you want to go to dinner, Penny? And they, and I say, well, I could, how about this? And okay. And then everybody would orient toward me because I spoke out and that individuality actually is not good there because it didn't let them have a say in where they'd like to go because they adhere to the one that speaks out. Um, so I learned how to be quiet and say, well, what do we all think? And let's, and never, and then somehow magically telepathically, we would all head off down the street and go to this one kind of restaurant. And I was like, I never quite understood how it happened, but it was like a group mind worked and did it, mm-hmm. you know, and you, you don't try to be dominating there or else it's bad for your reputation. Mm. You, you, the kindness comes from honoring others. So, and, and so, but then they don't have a sense of individuality as strongly as we do. So the young people there are starting to go into that a little more and be colorful in the way they express themselves. So, and we are learning to do group work and, (laughs) you know, so I think the East and West cultures are starting to integrate a little bit of each other's way of being. Interesting. Yeah. Do you think individualism is a bad thing? No, but I think if you only have that, it's a limitation. And if you only have group mind, it's a limitation. We need, I am an individual and I am a group. I'm part of a group mind, which is my soul group, maybe, you know, 
And you need to understand there's a bigger experience of yourself when you merge with a group. But then you're always still an individual at the same time. And I think that is a, 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 a big thing that's going on in, in the world today is, is group mentality. There's way too much group mentality and not enough individualism. And I think that our individualism is really um, is, is in detriment, you know, because I think it's being taken away from us without us even realizing, you know, as you say, we're being taken away out of our home frequency and we don't even realize that we're being we don't even realize that we have a home frequency. Yeah, but that's giving power to the outside world again, you see. Nobody's taking it away from us. But that's the perception that, that I know, and that's the ignorance again. Nobody can take away you from you. Hmm. It's impossible. It can take away your attention from paying attention to yourself. But when this outside world is touching you emotionally, when 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 you know the police are coming to your house and taking away your only child, you know, and and you understand the circumstances of what happened, and and but yet the the hands of the law come in and they're unforgiving and they take your child and they give your child twenty years, you know, how do you not let that outside world affect you? Well, this is this is the the hard part because I'm just trying to say how to say this. Um, We, we have a large level of ignorance of spiritual reality in our current world in on the earth. Um, And part of that ignorance is that we think there's this big outside world that is so powerful and bad and can do things to us and keep us from having love and being ourselves. And when you have that unconscious idea that like a bigger force out there can do something to you, this is why COVID is now, you know, such a big thing around the world. It's a global thought form taking shape, but also, you know, victimization and violence and things you're describing that people do experience comes from a very large unconscious thought form that we all kind of are in a bit, you know, that we and it's unconscious, right? It, it's deep um, and ingrained. And it takes work to wake up out of that and to start to change it. But when you have that thought form, your reality patterns itself according to that thought form. And then you get police coming in and taking away your child, or you get all kinds of violence and victimization and, and depression and addiction and all that stuff that goes with that level of, I keep calling it ignorance, but it's lack of understanding of higher truth. Mm -hmm. And religion doesn't quite get you there, in my opinion. It's too much dogma, and it's too many priests who are in positions that where they have power, and it's not pure. It can get you partway there, but you have to almost become mystical in order to have a direct connection with nature and the universe and the divine and spirit in order for that to educate you. And so it's, we need all the spiritual teachers we can get right now in the world, all the people talking about this as much as possible. And what I've been trying to do through books and so forth is to write a series of guidebooks that are like a roadmap to how do you get out of these old entanglements you know and again it's no blame 
you know, because if I say to somebody, well, you're just caught in a bad thought form, <laughs> they're going to say, well, you know, forget you and because I'm not loving them, but I am, I understand it all. And I am caught in them too, in different things. We all are, but I just keep reinforcing like what you're saying is that you got it at a certain point, you started questioning and waking up and watching and seeing and noticing and letting your, your memory come back in. We all have positive memory of spiritual truth. We all know deep down what we want is happiness and we want a healthy family. We want our children to be happy and grow up to be better than we were, you know, and all of that. That's the spiritual realm affecting us. And, and that's like, as you say, you know, and as I started, you know, I'm sitting here and, and I'm interviewing you and, and my reality around me, my, my world is, is very, very heavy, you know, and I'm the type where I just try to remain in a positive, like I keep saying everything is going to be okay. And I say that with, with the faith that I have, because I know no matter what's going on around us, as long as we're breathing, we can always make a change and, and good will come, you know? So I always have that, that carnal instinct and, and, mm -hmm. but it's hard because, you know, uh, not everybody is, is that strong and, and we're so, as human beings, we're so attached to these material things that, that when we, when we lose them, no matter what it is, or even fear of, we live in fear of losing them, mm -hmm. that, that it, it, it destroys and consumes so much of our time and our energy. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I, I love what you said about the home frequency and, and remind, and, and, and remain, remaining in that home frequency because as this person that that just got this 20-year sentence and is is on his way into a very as you would call it low frequent you know low frequency negative uh environment is not to adapt to that environment right you know here's here's a maybe a, a thing that might help it's like I lived in San Francisco for a long time and Cal and LA and, you know, the consciousness is pretty spiritual out there. It was easy to be spiritual. Then my mother got sick and I moved to Florida to help her. And the consciousness around here is pretty conservative. And um, I would say conservative is a nice word, <laughs> but uh, I, I, was thinking I have to be really careful here about what I say, or I could get in trouble because I just sound like I'm a Looney Tunes co compared to the way most the belief systems that are surrounding me here. And um, my inner voice said to me, don't hide, let yourself be exposed. And people who can see you will see you and people who can't see you won't even see you. Um, but be a clear space in the field of Florida. And I got the image of like, hold your home frequency, clear your body, clear your personality, be as often as you can in that positive space. And then it's like a, a burning off fog. You know, you expand that diamond light out through the space around you 
and maybe the clear space in in my field of Florida is, uh, you know, like five feet across or something, you know, and then I just keep saturating and allowing it to go farther and farther. And it's not like I'm trying to convert anybody or tell anybody anything, just be pure, do you know, simple and be a clear space. And you get to live in that space then, no matter where you are, you can be spiritual anywhere, in jail. You can be a loving being among angry people. And that's and that's what started that's what started changing the way that I was looking at things and my environment was all I'm seeing is 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 a stigma. What my eyes is registering and what my brain is registering is a stigma of what I'm told I'm supposed to see. That doesn't mean that that's what it is. And and I started asking myself, what is the difference of me being where I'm at and an individual paying thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars to go to some distant monastery for however many years and just seclude himself away from society? You know, what what is the difference of that other than what people are telling me what the difference is? But when it comes to the the mental state, like you say, the spiritual state, how, how... how is there any difference? And that's what really started me to, to just self-reflect on myself and, and just, and like you say, just be the change or, or Bruce Lee says, right. just, just be, just be water, just be like, right. Water. Yeah. You yeah. know, just be form fitting to your environment and, and just let things come in as they are and understand right. Right. that these are the reasons why they're happening because of our vibrations that we're putting out into the world. Yeah. Um, And if you um, think negative thoughts, you create waves in that water, which then create events that are upsetting. But the clear space, you know, I just think of a, of a, a, a totally clear diamond light space in the middle of a fog. And then it gets bigger and bigger. And now more people could get interested in what that feels like. And then they'll kind of come and find you. You know, so you don't have to be in a cave to do this, right? (laughs) Um, But also what's interesting about spiritual energy is that it is not in time and space. It's not limited to traveling in a line somewhere. It doesn't take any time to travel. So when you're in that space yourself, it communicates to other people instantaneously. It gets right into their mind. And you don't even know you sent it or whatever. It's just, it increases the amount of that kind of energy on the planet. That's why monks in caves actually can be in caves because they can meditate there and affect the world. But you can too. Anybody can. Have you ever heard of um, Baird T. Spalding? No. Baird T. Spalding was a, um, he was a, an archaeologist back in the late 1800s, and he went on an expedition uh, to go live. He got invited to go live with some monks uh, for three years, and he was allowed to document his experience. It's a six-book series called... Uh, Life in the Times with the Masters of the Far East. 
Okay. And he starts the book off like, listen, what I'm going to say is, you know, some crazy stuff, but these <laughs> are my experiences and you could just take it for what it is. And he was describing, you know, at first he was welcomed by the monks and it was everyday life. But as life started to progress, he started to see the capabilities of what meditation and, and, and what these monks were able to do. And, and some of his, some of his, um, some of his experiences ranged from uh, the way that monks would appear so, so how he explained it one time was, you know, they were at the bottom of the mountain and they had a hike up to the mountain and they were asking the monks, like, how are you coming with us? And the monks are like, no, we'll meet you there. This was a three-day hike. It was the only path up the mountain that they knew of. And yet the monks have, were already there and they look like they've been there for days, you know? And, and so it's these occurrences that they explain, you know, and it's, it's, you know, when we hear these things, and, and I, like I, I touched with you briefly on Ramtha, you know, when we hear these things, it's so fantastical to us that it's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And and yet for me, I just I look at I look at life in a timeline of, of the people that have been here and the messages that they have left behind, such as Socrates, Buddha, Jesus. Mm -hmm you know, uh, uh, this figure ramped of whether he is real or not, you know, uh, just, just, there's been so many messages of, of just be yourself, be your light, you know, be your light and, and resonate what you want to resonate. Right. I think a lot of those teachings that came earlier, um, people didn't know how to do that. It sounded kind of like abstract and like what, you know, <laughs> but now we're trying, that's what I've been trying to do is to give people actual methodologies like the home frequency and how to get into it and how to remember to get back to it. And then you can stabilize from the center out. Um, but I, I think that it's really the same teachings that have just been coming in over and over and over again, re rejiggered for new ages and consciousness and levels of of knowledge nothing's too complicated <laughs> really but it's just that so many people only identify with what they see from their physical eyes to the physical world you know and they don't get that there's the invisible reality that's inside the physical reality the energy and consciousness world is inside the physical world and we live in both but, you know, I remember when I was opening up and, and I was, uh, I would talk, to, I was working in an office, you know, in a company, and I would talk to secretaries or whatever about astrology or, you know, or psychic phenomena. And they all had a story. Oh, I saw my dead grandmother standing at the end, the foot of my bed. Mm -hmm. You know, like, it's not weird. Everybody's had something. But, you know, the, and but the, the, the thing of that right there, what you said is that lady may have never told anybody that, right. but you, because you opened the door for her to feel comfortable right. enough to express something That's that right. she may have been holding her whole life. And she maybe wanted to understand more about it, you know, too. So we would talk about it, you know, but I think that 
with everything accelerating the way it is now, things that used to be supernatural, you know, like you were saying, are much more normal. They're starting to be seen as normal. Like I'm seeing a lot more. Uh, I mean, things are in the present moment now. They're not in the future. The future is a potential reality, a higher frequency of our present moment. It's not over there somewhere. It's right here in your your world with you, but you just change your frequency and you can go into it and you'll have it. It's not like a linear process anymore. Okay, but so that is a very strong acceleration. You think of something, put attention on it, and it can materialize quite quickly. So I have seen uh, quite a bit now of instantaneous healing with healers I know. And they're Mm -hmm. like, wow, I just did this and they got over it. You know, it's like it went away. It's starting to happen. You know, just like you can have instantaneous negative results too. You think a bad thing and oh man, you know. uh, So I I always, I'm I'm a firm believer that chaos brings consciousness. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. it brought Mm -hmm. consciousness to my life. And, right, it's and, the next phase after chaos. And 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 can we be in more of a chaotic time than what we're in right now in the right. present? Yeah, you know. So it's it's this is where my faith comes in at you know. And and like I explain to people, you know, faith is something that that's became so cliche that now when you tell somebody to have faith, it it, it doesn't even resonate with them anymore. It's like one of those words like love that's like, uh, you know, it's like it's non-tactile. You've been tarnished you know? by it so much. Right, right. You know, yeah. but it's it's like when I put it into perspective and I tell people, listen, we have to remember what faith is. And for me, what faith is, is like the sun coming up in the morning. Right. You don't question whether the sun is coming up. Nobody has ever questioned. Well, I wonder if the sun is going to come up. Let me see if the sun's going to come up first before I go plant the harvest. You just know that the harvest, that the sun is coming up and you 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 prepare for it. Yeah. Right. That's the key. You prepare because you know that the sun is coming up. So you get out, you harvest the field, you set your alarm, you wait for the sun to come up so you can you know, uh, start your day, whatever, right? That is what faith is. And if we were applied to apply that faith, as you say, to every aspect in our life, the things that would come to us would would, would change our lives, you know? Right. I think of faith too as kind of a a bridge or a doorway. It's kind of like the idea that um, I... I pledge to remember something I know I already know, but I can't remember it at the moment. (laughs) Like, like I know it's there uh, and I have faith that it is there. Um, And of course it's related a lot to trust too. Uh, Maybe trust is maybe a little more earthy that I trust the flow. I trust what comes to me, that it is evolutionary that it uh, there's something in it for me that i if i would engage with it i'll learn something um you know i trust that other people are showing me who they really are right in the beginning you know that people will often just tell you you know don't ask me to do this or you know they'll show you who they are which is how much love and fear they have in that moment you know, it's, it's all there. We want the truth, but when the truth is given to us, we reject it. If it, if it has to do with us though, you know, Uh, if it has to do with something we don't want to feel, 
Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's what I meant on a more yeah. personal level. You know, if, yeah. it, if it's, if it's, you know, somebody tells me, well, I argue too much or I'm a negative person. I'm not going to trust that. I'm not, I'm going to, to denounce that. Mm -hmm. Unless so, some so it's about receptivity partly. So if somebody says I'm you're, you're argumentative, you could consider that and say, Hmm. <laughs> so what does that mean? They're experiencing me as argumentative. I am, what am I doing? I'm defending myself in a certain way. I'm um, trying to keep something away from me by fighting. You know, do I really want to do that? What if I talk to them in a different tone of voice? What if I said to them, oh, I hear you first, and then made it into a conversation? You know, there's so many ways you could take input from somebody that seems like a criticism and actually turn it around as uh, a teaching. Mm -hmm. But you're teaching yourself. <laughs> uh, you know, this is a very important question for me as well. And I want to go back to where, you know, you were talking about the, the dogmatic, you know, uh, views of, of religion. You know, do I have to, to be religious to be spiritual? Is it one and the same? Do I have to, to subscribe to some religion to, to feel the spirit? No, I don't think so. I, I, and it may be a path for some people that they want it, it in a form world. Some people like to work with shamans. That's another form, you know, of, of let's chant and do a ceremony and a ritual on you. And then I'll believe my mind and body will believe it, you know, and then I can say that it's real and then it becomes real. Um, but I think we do that for a while until we get to a point where the belief systems, where we realize that the belief systems and the dogma are in the way of a greater direct experience of something. And that's why every religion has mystics, you know, that where they have total communion with the divine or, you know, or the saints or whatever it is. Uh, uh, they talk to spirit and they, they're in spirit all the time, you know, and they have, there's no line around them. You know, er, every religion has that, but, there, the spiritual movement today is, I think, akin a bit to um, physics and metaphysics. So if you look at how the world works with physics, and then you take that into the non-physical realm, you get metaphysics. How does consciousness and energy work? And then you drop, that's the inner energy blueprint of the science and physics in the physical world. And there are universal laws and principles and kind of mathematical patterns and things that are behind the way things drop into form. They're like um, guides for materialization, if you will, you know, that uh, we can understand these things. And I think if you're hungry for truth, like the, the, I was early on, I wanted to go straight into those laws. I wanted to understand how does it all work? What are the principles, you know, and, and how is consciousness and energy connected and blah, 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 you know. Um, and, uh, and I saw the religion as kind of a, a lower frequency explanation of those things that was a bit boring to me. Um, but 
you know, I was a minister in one of my last lives, so it wasn't boring to me then. <laughs> you know, so, um, you know, well, each to his own, each, you know, whatever you need. Well, that's, well, that's exactly it. And, and, and I explain to people like, listen, you know, if, if you want, if you want an example of how to live your life, you could pretty much subscribe to any religion and follow you know, follow those rules and you will have a loving, positive life. But religion, to me, takes away, again, what we were talking about before, the, the individualism of your, of your spirit, because you're being told, yeah. you're being told that you have to follow a certain path. And yeah. you may not subscribe to that path, but yet because of economical pressures or whatever, uh, yeah. Landmass, you live cultural on. pressures, cultural yeah, pressures, mm-hmm. all of these things, right? You, you're it's almost like you're just wasting your life, you know, in a sense, yeah. your spiritual life because your yeah. your 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 soul isn't growing, right? So, for I, me, I, I saw I saw that, and I just saw that religion opened me up to a bigger door when I read mm-hmm. a story about Jesus. I always just saw Jesus as a human being like me whoever this mm-hmm. figure was, and he just had a higher understanding and learning right. of how life was supposed to be. Right. And, and this individual was going through life working at a higher home frequency. And, 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 right. and we as, as lower frequency people did not understand the things right. that this man was doing. And we That's just right. wrote about him like he was God. Right, right. Yeah. It's true. And, you know, and I remember when I was like 12 or 13, I, I started thinking, I didn't want to say the word God even. I wanted to, because I thought, why do religions have war against each other? I, and I didn't understand that. If What's the core thing in all religions that we have in common? Why are we fighting over some dogma? You know, like, you know, Christians and Muslims and, and well, Jews and blah, blah, blah. blah you know, like a wall. Just to stand in front right. of a wall to pray, you, you've been killing people for thousands of years for the right to stand in front of a brick wall. <laughs> right. Or whatever, you know, to, uh, you know, not drink alcohol and wear a turban or wear this or do have a mat that you pray on and, and or I don't want go to, to church or anybody's anybody's religions or the beliefs, because the, the point of this is that yeah. people will die over this. Right. And you know? and it's it's a pipeline. A, 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 guide uh, you know what do you call that a, a a rope that takes you and connects you to to something higher and we all need that but if it gets so so locked into my way is the right way and yours is not and you have to be like me well then that's like ego and narcissism in a way you know narcissists always want the outer world to agree with the way they have reality set up or else you know you're fired you're out of here you know, because we can't have you not agreeing with us. And um, mm-hmm. when there's a lot of fear involved, you get, I think, um, an interpretation of religion or politics or anything. It goes to fundamental, you know, low, lower vibration where there's a lot of fear involved. And then the ideas get locked in. And I'm not saying that's good or bad, again, because the it's a stair step it's you know we we go into different levels of understanding and then suddenly we go oh wait a minute there's more and then you go to the next step 
all on your own. It just occurs to you one day, you know? So everybody has their own pathway and their own timing and sequencing. And, you know, that's part of life. It's, it's natural flow. Um, so I don't, I just, I don't get why, why people have to make other people wrong, you know? Well, you know, the way that I, my philosophy, Miss Penny, is, is, I guess it's just a, a, a gumbo of all the religions and, and, and everything, but just for me, right, from what I take, speaking from a biblical stance, you know, we're, we're born into the flesh, we're born into sin. What does that mean? For me, that means ego is the sin. The worst, the most detriment, the most evil thing that we can do to ourselves is be so narcissistic as, as how you explain, because it stops all growth. It's, it just stunts you. You know, you just remain in an ignorant, blissful way, yeah. you know. And so, so for me, as the Bible speaks about being born again, and I, and I try to take the religion out of, out of Jesus's message, yeah. you know, and just, just think about it in a physical form as in, in, a, in a realistic way, you know, and for me, being born again is just coming into the consciousness that, you know, I am an egotistical person and I am a selfish person, which equates into childness and, and, and stunt of growth. And as you start to move into that spiritual thought process of giving, sharing, love, and, and just care for, for other than self, you know, you, you become into, into being born again. And, and, and for me, it's, 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 like, it's like Jesus says, that once you're born again, you can't go back. Once you understand the spiritual realm, you can't go back into an, an, an ignorant, blissful mm -hmm. state. Right. Yeah, I think the born again is that where you wake up out of the idea that this is only a physical reality and I'm only a physical being and everything is based on separation and pain and suffering into the idea that, oh, and there's a non-physical reality too at the same time. I am a soul in a body, having a body. I'm not just this personality thing that dies and then will never, that's the end. No, I'm an eternal soul. I'm here having this penny experience right now, you know, and I'll, I'll have a whole bunch of other ones, whatever I want. <clears throat> and, um, but when you wake up to the fact that you're really the spiritual being creating a physical world, that to me is born again, mm. right? Oh, you're powerful. born into the understanding of spiritual life. And not ignoring physical. <laughs> it's always the inclusion of both, not either or. All right. Well, the spirit the is in matter. Yang, right? Isn't isn't that the, the essence of the yin and the yang is, is just perfect harmonial balance of life? Right, right. Well, and you know, remember in that symbol, the white side has a black dot in it and the black side has a white dot in it, so they contain each other, but they there is a bigger reality when they come together and merge a greater reality same with the star of david you've got a trinity in the heavens father son holy spirit and body mind spirit down here on earth the two coming together and merging into one thing is the idea it's actually an experience this world is the other world heavens in the earth aha you know <laughs> it's not separate after all you know uh, and many cultures have these kinds of 
ideas that are represented in symbols. So how, Ms. Penny, I mean, how, how do you and I, and, 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 a, and a few of the other conscious individuals, you know, how do we reach the masses? And, and because I'm, I'm scared, I'm scared of what I see around me. I'm scared of, of how people are thinking. Just this past election, just just me seeing how how people are processing what's going on around them scares me mm-hmm. because it's ignorant and and I and I just don't I don't understand how we can look at each other and because you're black and I'm white I'm going to hate you right. how how you know because because I don't agree with the things that you say I'm going to slander and just create you know, lies about you and, and, and mm-hmm. how do we well, survive? How do we keep our home frequency in this, Ms. Penny? Well, first it starts with each of us to not go into fear. So don't get afraid of it, of that. Just watch it because it's a symptom of a clearing on the planet. You know, it's a larger but it, process but it underway. Me, though. It affects me. What's going on around you me? Got to, food that comes in my house. It affects, it yes. affects the money in my pocket. Yes. So you change your mindset so that it's not part of your personal reality. And then it may occur to you once you clear yourself that, well, I, I think I'll move or I'm going to um, start this program to help the people or I'm going to write books or I'm going to do whatever I feel like is the right next thing to do. Uh, work with kids, uh, whatever it is. Um, and then that will cause the next right thing to come in. You know, like stay out of fear, let people have their reality, but build up the other reality of, you know, consciousness and and truth and higher energy and invite people in if they're ready. And if they're not, let them be. They'll they'll wake up on their own at a certain point. And um, it's all I you can't rescue people. Mm. Unless they're ready to open up anyway, <laughs> you know, like it's not something How you do can you know? do. How do you know, Miss Penny, that 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 my son, who's 16 years old, and and I'm just speaking hypothetically, but my son, who's 16 years old, I'm a single mother. My, you know, my husband's incarcerated. I'm trying to stand by him. My 16 year old son doesn't stay in the house. You know, I know he's a caring boy. You know, but he just went sideways. How do I reach him? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, <clears throat> again, it always starts with you. Change any ideas of fear that you have and believe in that kid. In your mind, you see him receiving his full soul into his body. You just see him as being himself, his true self. And then you talk to him about that as often as you can. Give compliments, give feedback, have those real moments. Little things, I think, not lectures, right? touch into the real place in people and set a good example yourself. How is, how important is it to visualize these things? Like you say, I think it is important because imagination is the real reality. (laughs) That's the truth. It is. That is absolutely the truth. And and I explain that not to cut you off because mm -hmm. that, that is, that is the essence of life. And how I explain that to people is, is, Everything that you see that is man-made, everything that you see around you came from one place. It came from thought. It came from imagination. Mm -hmm. It came from creation. Everything that you see, touch, sit on. That's right. 
it can that's why i say it's a lot easier to work in the inner energy blueprint which is in the imaginal realm if you want to change your reality go change it there first imagine another reality and i always think of it like a little bubble floating in your field like a clear bubble and inside that bubble is a little reality going on and it's one where you know your son is not going sideways and he's like suddenly got a mentor or something good happens to him and then he gets the wake up call and he decides to do something else or whatever um and you you in your mind you go up to that bubble and you put your arms around it and you can see into it but you're still on the outside so you match your frequency to that bubble And as soon as you match the same frequency, you pass through the wall and go into it. And then it becomes your reality, but you're still in your mind, but you're giving yourself a tactile experience. You're seeing it as a real, like a dream, like you're in a dream and you're going, Oh, look, everybody's, you know, helping. There's magical synchronicities happening here and people are laughing or whatever it is, you know, and you give your body that sense of joy or relief and they'll say, oh, yeah, I like that. I love this reality. And when you love the reality, it loves you back. That's mm-hmm. what's so interesting. That as you keep your attention in the present moment on that reality and let yourself feel it, you can even revise it a little bit in your mind if you want. And let your body get, oh, this feels so good. The body is the one that will start materializing it, actually. You have to have a felt sense of a potential reality and stay with it and just love it. And pretty soon it'll start filtering in and the molecules of your physical world will rearrange and something will happen. You know, you're, you're absolutely You're absolutely correct. And, and I'm testimony of that. And as I sit here, and, and as I've, I've expressed a couple of times, you know, what my current state of, of, of environment is, you know, I could sit here and I could question and I could tell myself, like, I tried, you know, why, why is this happening? You know, I've, I've done everything that I could. But again, I'm not being honest, you know, and at the end of the day, what, what you're talking about, like, truth has to come first. Truth is the essence of what begins everything that we're talking about. So if you're still sitting around and you're still making excuses as to, you know, your why your son is going sideways, you know, because you're blaming on his father or you're blaming on, you know, the kids at school who mm-hmm. he's hanging around with, you're still not coming to what we're trying to enlighten you with, right? right. Like none of right. what we're talking about is going to come into existence for you. The positive side, it's right. going to work for you. Manifestation is going to work for you. It'll be the way you think it's, it is, you know, it, that's the problem. And, and, uh, you know, by changing your, your inner pattern, I mean, you can think about it, but actually you have to translate it into your feeling body so that your body actually gets it. You know, that, that oh, I get, it. I can feel how this could be, you know, as and, soon and, as you do, I mean, then the universe takes care of the logistics. That's what everybody says. It's true. You know, suddenly somebody gives you an inheritance or, you know, whatever, you know, things come out of nowhere or somebody says, oh, did you ever read that book? Blah, blah, blah. You know, and you get it the next thing you need and you get the roadway out. 
And, and that's what I got from your book was was you the importance of 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 feeling that and not only just just saying it in your mind like I'm going to be a superstar and and you just kind of write it off as as you just wishing that you could be a superstar but just imagining it in your mind putting yourself on the court say basketball in the uniform and you're picturing this in your mind to where your body kind of starts reacting to this imagination and this is how manifestation begins right right but it also that's a superficial goal why would you want to be a superstar in basketball well if you were going into the experience of being like super great at playing there would be an experience that you would have of such elegance and beauty and flow and joy that boy, I shot that thing and it went right where I wanted it. And I got, and everybody's coordinated on my team. And it's like, you know, butter, you know, <laughs> melted butter, beautiful. And I love that feeling. And I love being an example for kids or I love, you know, those are the true motivations of being like a superstar. Um, there may be one layer down. It's like, I want to get attention. Mm-hmm. I want people to like me. I want to have a lot of money because then I'm better than people or whatever it is. But those are not real motivations. The deeper motivation always goes to spirit and to something that's based on joy and love and beauty, actually, too. And yeah. I'm seeing and I'm seeing that now, you know, I saw that with Mike Tyson. I saw that with um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Mm-hmm. You know, recently Kareem, he 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 sold, he auctioned off all his trophies, all his materialistic gains. He 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 auctioned off for his foundation, which is working with kids. Yeah, Mike Tyson's the same way. You know, he takes his his belts that he has and he'll flip them on the tables, and he he just he he says it's all junk. You know, it means nothing. <laughs> right. At once, it, at once, this stuff used to rule my life, but now it's just all junk. Right. And, and it's just us realizing, like, we've wasted so much time and energy and emotion into things that just come and go. Right. Yeah. And, and that's another wake up, you know, perfect. When you start to get that, you go, aha, right. Why did I really do all this? Uh-huh. Right. So, so my boyfriend will like me better or my girlfriend will be right. more attractive to me or, you know. And that's it. And, and and I'm thinking about these things where I'm at. And I'm like, the only reason why I bought that car and put those big rims on it was just to be more attractive to females. It would bring their attention over. to, And it was just, right. and I'm thinking like, this is crazy. This yeah. is absolutely absurd that I'm, I'm spinning my life around other people's perceptions of me. Right. Yeah. And it's funny to get all the external, um, you know, like for men or women to get the external trappings of what you think the the other sex wants, when really women want that kindness. They don't want the external stuff as much. I mean, yeah, sure, that's nice to not be, live in poverty or something. But um, but if the person's not kind, why bother? You know, if somebody's gonna gonna beat you up or you know not champion you, why would you want to be together with somebody anyway? You know, well, I can tell you for me, like one of my biggest problems is you said it's you said it exactly right is me thinking that I know what women like about me and then me exploiting that to the women 
right? Like, yes, this is, I know that this is what you like about me and, and, and it's just, oh, Miss Penny, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't. Right. You know? Right. We get, it's like, we just get so wound up and caught up in ego and, and emotions and, and, mm-hmm. and, and then, and then the point of all of this is we broadcast it down to our children. Our mm-hmm. children are being affected by this because right. they're in their most natural, purest state as a child, which is why Jesus said, if you harm one hair on a child, right, like you might as well cast yourself into the darkest, the darkest sea, you know, with a right, milkstone right. around you. Right. Because children are the purest form, in my opinion, of what the yeah. soul is really representing. Well, they haven't gotten all the overlays on them yet. I remember I was playing with one of my nieces when she was about four or something and we we're laughing and she looked at me suddenly and straight in the eyes she says penny are you an adult or are you a kid <laughs> i was like you know there's something about you know dogs and children really recognize authentic people i think you know and um yeah i think the most attractive thing is somebody who's just in the moment real experience, real feedback, um, willing to look at anything. And it's so interesting too. It's not boring. Right. You know, well, life, life, I mean, life, I, life to me is, is the Jerry Springer of, of, of everything. You don't need anything else. All you have to do is sit on a park bench and just watch people all day right. and you'll get all the excitement you're looking right. for. I promise you. Except they're in the airport. They're all just looking at their cell phones. You know, I, I like to watch people, but nobody else is doing it anymore. It's just me. <laughs> There's nothing to watch anymore. It's just, you're just watching a, a statue right. of a person looking at a phone. And that's, right. and this is another sad, a sad thing. And, and another awakening that we, we have to pay attention to is the detriment mm-hmm. of what technology is doing to us. Right. You know? That's a whole other conversation. It's <laughs> a whole other conversation. So Ms. Yeah. Penny. I, I love you. I, I really do. <laughs> uh, you, you, you are a, a fantastic human being. Um, you, you, you understand, in my opinion, how we have to live as human beings. Um, this is why I wanted to have you on the show to, to just get this message out to people because, you know, this, this is the way to live, you know, and if we all just are a little more self-conscious Instead of, of pointing to the fingers at other people or trying to create laws on to suppress other people so they don't affect my emotions, just spend a little bit of time of dealing with those emotions, right? you know, and, and we'll be at a better place. I, I'm, I'm scared for my child. Mm-hmm. You know, I am. Well, don't be. <laughs> I try not to be. In this conversation right here, Miss Penny, really, really... <laughs> It, it, it centralized me because, again, you know, the turmoil can can affect you so easily, and it can pull you off. Yeah. Your, That's your it. We off. we are in a a period of uh, I call it the bridge time. You know, where we're partly clear, and then we're partly still adhering to the old programming, and then we have to remember, oops, there I go again. Get recentered, reestablish your tuning fork you know and get back in in alignment and then act and then you're going to get drawn off sides again and then oops there I go come back to the center I mean it's over and over and over again 
to stabilize and make the home frequency reality your new normal. And the more people who do that, the balance of power shifts on the planet. And it will almost like draw energy out of the um, those negative realities. It's like they won't be able to function because it won't make sense anymore. It's like people will start forgetting that what the, what did I believe in? Wait, right. that you know, and that will happen where some of this will just kind of fade out. Right now, it's up because everything's super polarized at this time because a lot of subconscious stuff is surfacing that was not able to be seen before, and it's it's crazy making. It's fear based. You know, all the narcissism that's coming up in the world right now is all about fear. That, that's true. And and so to, to end on, how how does the person, right, that their life is just in complete chaos and has no understanding of what this last two hours have been, but they want to, they want to change their lives. What are some of the baby steps? Just, just some of the, the just... It, so they don't overwhelm themselves and then lose confidence. What are some of just the small things that they can do each day to start enlightening them to what we were discussing? I think um, it has a lot to do with taking a little bit of time to be quiet. Because if you're in your left brain, the left brain is running a tape loop of all the negativity and all the negative declarative statements about yourself and about the other people in the world and blah, blah, blah. Um, But if you will just stop the internal dialogue, I mean, pause, hit the pause button, get in the center, get in your body, feel your heart beating, feel your nerves tingling, close your eyes, block out the external reality and just breathe. And every time your mind starts up, say, stop, pause. I hit the pause button and go into that. It's almost like a velvety dark space. That's really nurturing and absorbs all the negativity and just sit there. I mean, I don't even call this meditation. It's just calming to allow um, everything to fade out so that what's left is you, the soul consciousness. And then just be in that presence of whatever it is, it's a kind of consciousness and don't call it anything, you know, cause then you're in your left brain again, naming things, be in it and you'll feel blank and you'll feel like I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing anything. Shut up. Do it. <laughs> Get quiet again. Try it for five minutes or maybe 10 minutes. And while you're in that state, notice your body calming down because you've got to start with a clear space in the very center of yourself in order to start expanding it you don't try to fix the outside world you fix the inside first and expand it out and include the outside world inside your clear you know field Mm. and then it will calm down too Mm. if you think of projecting out to an outside world you've already created separation and fear so the the baby step is get inside your body be on the crosshairs of the here and now, stand right where you're standing and be present. Mm. And understanding that vibration can have effects on you and not to allow it to change. Right. You. Yeah. Don't so, match lower vibrations. Notice so going, what you're matching. Going notice back what into, you did that day. 
Right. You know? That's exactly right. And, and to put that into perspective for some people, what that means is just think about think about you being in a good mood. Right. And you're going to a friend's funeral. It's not something that that you're experiencing per se that would have you down. So you're in a good mood and you're just going to a funeral with a friend. When you walk into that funeral parlor, the overwhelming vibration is a low, depressing vibration. And you automatically start to uh, uh, adhere to that. You, you become your vibration comes down or well and that's partly why the reason partly is you start thinking about what isn't the person's gone mm. the we don't have this and then that reminds you of what you don't have and then you go down and feel more depre- depressed you're pressed in you know mm. yeah and then on and, the flip side you know you may be right. down and and your friends may come over to you and they'd be like man come on we just got to go out and party and you'll mm-hmm. feel better. And then you get into that high energy, high vibration environment, and you automatically start to feel better. Right. But then that's not really truly feeling better. It's a high frequency. It's a high, um, like speed vibe. Mm-hmm. Go out into nature, like into a bunch of redwood trees or into a place where there's a, a, a spring or a, a waterfall or some something like that and sit there for a minute and feel the life around you and smell clean air Mm -hmm. and quiet down. That's high frequency energy. Mm. Remember high frequency. It doesn't mean speedy. Mm. Actually that gets you away from the clarity often. It'll, it'll change your, your energy level. Yeah. But it's not really truly high energy. I can tell you for me, The most comforting experience in my life is complete silence, complete silence. Mm -hmm. You can feel your ears relax. You can feel your (laughs) brain just relaxed and your body just decompressed like, oh my God, there's, and I mean, no noise, just complete Mm -hmm. silence, which is very hard to do these days, you know? Right. Right. So, Miss Penny, um, thank you so much. I would love to have you on any time again to to yeah. share these words. Um, I know this has probably been a little different of an interview, and I hope. It no, was, it's really I, fun and interesting. I, I hope that yeah. it was okay for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I love these discussions. Uh, please stay safe in these times. I will. And. And take care of yourself, okay? Good deal. You too. Thank you so much for the invitation. Absolutely. Thank you, Ms. Penny. Okay. All right, bye. (laughs) Bye.